I'll turn that off. All right. So are you ready? Do you want to do the intro or do you want me to do the intro? Let me shut this down. No, you go right ahead. Oh, okay. Well, welcome to the spiritual involution, not evolution. So we started off as evolution, but then you said you'd rather have involution, and I'd never heard of involution before. It's funny you heard me say I'd rather have when I was just asking a question, what do you think about? That's true. Well, when you said that, I just assumed you'd rather have it. Mm-mm. Like you'd rather have... I do like what you've done with it, though. Yeah. I liked it, too. Yeah. But I didn't really know what involution meant. I like what you found when um, your description of spiritual involution. Yeah. Well, because when you just look it up on the dictionary, it seems a little... Um, medical yeah, <laughs> about little, organs and a stuff. Little dark. I was like, I don't know about that one. But then, yeah, then I found the, the meaning spiritual. So can you describe in your mind what it means? Yeah, from my perspective, um, uh, evolution must always be preceded by involution. So before I evolve, I need to involve. And that's the question, into what will I involve? And and it seems like what we're involving ourselves in is a conversation about spirituality. Involved. So that's what this podcast is mostly about. Great. How we can talk about spirituality, bring new ideas and concepts to people's minds, and really just have a conversation about it. Cool. So with that question, what do you think spirituality means? Or can it mean different things for different people? Wow. Do you, do you mind if I, could, could, that we just wander with conversation a little bit? Yeah, that's what I, was, I think that'll work better, actually, than I, trying to focus in. Because I'm thinking about um, podcasts, and it's a relatively new world for me. When I was commuting um, an hour each direction every day, I found myself listening a lot to audiobooks or satellite radio, you know, talk radio. And is that kind of what a podcast is for people? I'd say so. Um the only thing different that I think with podcasts might be I'm I'm learning, although this isn't true necessarily with every podcast, but podcasts seem to um, have more back and forth with people. Yeah. Although talk radio had that element too, right? With like Howard Stern, there was Robin, and then there was guests. Was he talk radio, or do you think he was more? I don't. I don't. I don't know what I'm finding already. Just in the few seconds we've been doing this. Um, it's like neither one of us is leading. We're both um, just present for something organic. Right. And sometimes sometimes talk radio, I get the expression or the experience that somebody's trying to make something happen or pull something from somebody. Yeah. And I don't have that feeling right now. And the talk radio that I listen to, it's usually political talk radio. So it's more Ooh. like somebody just telling me their info or their opinion on a political matter and they get all riled up, you know. That's a whole nother topic, though. Spirituality mm. and politics, right? That's oh, a big one. That might take a little bit of um, preparation. <laughs> that might take more preparation. <laughs> Maybe put the coffee pot back on. Well, yes. Okay, well, let's start with like a real easy um, question. Like, what's God? What's God to you? Wow. You know, let's just start off simple. <laughs> just tell me what God is. Like, it's, a, is it's a trigger word. Is it some... a guy, a girl? Is it a person? Is I, it a thing? It's a very good question, isn't it? <laughs> I, we could probably have a whole... You could probably do a whole podcast called What is God and never repeat the conversation forever. Um, what do you mean, like never repeat? It would be a different conversation each time? Well, because it's such a vast 
conversation that no matter what's going on in my life, I could probably address the question distinctly and differently. It wouldn't always be the same, but simply, very simply, for context, I suppose, when, when I hear you talk about God and when I'm talking about God, I'm not talking about a person, but for me, I'm talking about an experience of, um, of a presence, not person, of a presence, an, an energy that is equally present for everyone. And it's, it's everywhere equally present at the same time. There was an author, uh, Alan Watts, who wrote a book called um, The Book on the Taboo Against Knowing Who You Are. And in there he, just, he describes in a 1960s kind of way that infinity must be equally present everywhere. It can't be like stronger or more powerful over there and weaker or thinner or less present over here. It's not like, um, so God's not like peanut butter on a piece of toast where it's lumpier in one area and thin. So if you live, if you're a holy person and you you live this really holy way, God isn't going to be in you more than the person next to you who's not praying or... Exactly. Well, maybe it may be realized or experienced more, but it doesn't mean it's present any less or any more. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when I think about um, God, I always have, uh, almost always have the perspective of like, Harry Potter or Star Wars, it's the experience that it's um, it's neither good nor evil, it just is. It's a power, and it can be experienced as good, it can be experienced as bad, but it's still just power, like electricity is neither good nor bad. Electricity just is, but it can be used to kill people, and it can be used to warm people, but it's, not, it's a neutral thing. It's a neutral thing. Although in... We can probably debate that that's not true, too. <laughs> I know, right? Well, I like that idea of God as a principle or um, an, an energy that is over everything governing us. And I like it because it also is inclusive to me of all religions or a lot of religions. Like, Jesus Christ can fit into that idea of God in a way, right? Um and it so then seems less isolating to me as other religions that I've tried to be in or, or, or you know, experience where there is the type of God that God's this man in the sky. He sent down the Son of God and he had all these rules to abide by. Right. And in a way, when you understand God as this principle, it still works with that idea. It's like broader, but it still works within that idea. Right. Do you think? I think so. So when people talk about Jesus, before I was, um, oh, before I adopted that kind of mindset of, of God, I, I think I, I had this kind of negative feeling of like, oh no, they're using Jesus as like this way to prove this point. And now I see Jesus as this amazing representation of the ability to use this, this principle of God in the right way. You know, he was so in tune with it that he could heal people mm-hmm. or he was such a person, um, even if it, you know, maybe he's not real, <laughs> who knows, but he represents a being that has utilized the principle of this energy force of God in like the perfect way, right? Would you agree or how do yeah. you? I was, um, I was raised in the Catholic tradition and I'm, I'm, um, 
pretty fond of my memories of the church in which I was raised. Um, my, my mom not having been a very educated woman, but um, a very kind, a very kind, principled woman. So she didn't necessarily teach me the book learning of God and of Jesus and of uh, hellfire and damnation. I had the experience that, um, that uh, God um, was kind of like a verb that it was a way of um, being and kindness and sharing and collaboration was, uh, was my mom's message. So when mom talked about Jesus, everything was always sweet. I never had the experience that I, I had to be different than I was or that things needed to be different than they were. Um, there was a, always a sweetness. I, re I read recently um, something about Jesus and for the life of me I can't remember where I I read it but the author was describing why it's so valuable when people pray let's say in Jesus name amen we've that that when you um, are approaching something let's say you're having trouble paying your rent or you're in a fight with your spouse or your kids getting bad grades and you may be a little worried or scared um, well, I can see I can go down the tunnel there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what's but happening. but the um, that what you are is you're a representative of something. Like like you're 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 when you pray in Jesus' name, um, when I pray in Jesus' name, what I'm praying in is I'm praying as the presence of the unstoppable, as the presence of something that actually generates results. As opposed to, I'm praying in Jesus' name because that's the, what I'm supposed to do, or that's the right way, or that's the way the, the Christian church might be teaching me. It can actually produce results. Or I have the same experience with chanting with the Buddhists. And I have the same experience hanging around my friends that are pagan, who don't believe in any of this. I could probably wander a little too far, so you may want to <laughs> reel me back in. So, with that idea in mind, um, whether or not you follow the teachings of the Bible and Jesus, or you are a pagan, or you are a Buddhist or a Hindu, this idea of um, producing results or using, uh, we say God, but it could be any word, right? It could be love, it could be energy, it could be mm -hmm. the universal governing force that, right? I mean, it, I would say that's so. Okay. That's the way I live. So, so when you say that you can use this force, this, we'll say God or this energy, um, I just, I'm trying to be mindful because I want, when people are listening to this, I don't want them to think we're shunning their, their idea of God. I'm not at all. You know? I'm actually, it occurs to me that um, everybody is basically saying the same thing. Exactly. It's just to me, it's like a different vehicle that they might intuitively feel aligned to, to reach God or reach that feeling of oneness, right? So maybe if you, my grandma, like your mom, were, were Catholic and they loved that vehicle to reach that feeling or that sense of oneness with creation. And um, I know people who are Mormon or who people are pagan or atheists and they, they are able to still feel that connection to oneness. It's just a different car or a different vehicle to get there. So that's, so I, I just want to be mindful of we are here to accept it all. We're not saying there's a right or wrong way, but in general, we, we seem to agree that Jesus or the Buddha, they were able to, or a pagan um, spiritual person that's really in tune with themselves, are able to 
to utilize it in a way that produces, you said produces results. And so what do you mean by produce results and how do you produce results or how do you use this governing force to um, make the life that you want and how, well, this might be too much of a question. How do you use it to make, you know, the life that you want and how might you use it to make a life that you don't want? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's dive, dive into the deep end. May I, may I say that I have exactly the same experience you do that um, what I heard you saying, that, that um, the ideas in Christianity and in Hinduism and Buddhism and paganism and others, and even those that we, we don't have names for, um, I think we're all talking about the same thing. And sitting here with you, I have the just distinct experience that I'm looking to see where everybody listening, we might actually have something in common as opposed to where we, where we differ. So I uh, just wanted to add that that's what's up for me. What you just said is true for me too. Now your question was? How did... Oh, to produce results. To produce results. So we're talking about, first of all, to recap, we started off to discussing what you believe God is. Yes. Or, and we decided, and I agree with your definition, that it's not a, a person, it's not the old man in the sky giving rules out, but it's a governing universal force that could be either used for good or bad, if there is even such thing as good or bad, right. right? But for now, we'll just kind of keep it aligned with the force in Star Wars. It's this blanketed state of energy, and there's governing laws that would enable something, let's say, positive in our minds to happen, joy and love and happiness. And then the same rate, like Darth Vader or Kylo Ren, they're using it to cause destruction and right. hate. And Jesus, or a pagan friend, or a Buddhist enlightened one seems to be in control of this force whereas um, I would think that a lot of us struggle to really understand the capacity and the power that this force really has and so we let it use us like we go with the flow something bad happens and then you know we're just we're at will to the way that the world is coming at us rather than using our spirituality using our concept of God to produce the results that we want right? By changing our perceptions or changing our thoughts. Um, so how did Jesus, let's just stick with Jesus since we talked a little about him. Okay. If he is, let's say, somebody who who mastered this, who mastered the power of God to heal people, you know, the Bible's full of healing and, um, and be this person of love and acceptance. Um, what did he know? What did he know about God to produce those results? Wow. Um, the next time you and I speak, I might give you a different answer, but what's occurring for me today (laughs) while we sit here, what's occurring for me is, um, I suspect he knew who he, who he was. I suspect he knew who he was. Like, I think, I think the question that's on the table for us right now is how is it that we might produce results, whether the results that we want or how are we perhaps producing results that we don't want? Can we give an example of a result? Yeah. Um, answered prayer. Uh, you go from powerlessness, perceived powerlessness, to experiencing being powerful. You go from being sad to being peaceful. 
you go from being um, anxious to being contented. Mm. So those are the results I, I think that I'm talking about, that I'm presuming. Um, I know plenty of folks who are interested in debating spiritual um, philosophies, but not necessarily applying those philosophies. So when I think about spirituality, I, please forgive me, you listeners, I'm, I'm pretty simple mostly. I think about, like I could have all the, no- the knowledge in the world about why diets and nutrition and exercise work. But if I'm not actually applying those into my life, if I'm not using them, if I'm not eating in a way that's in alignment with what I know works, if I'm not exercising um, in a way that produces results, then what I have is a bunch of knowledge, but I still may have an experience of sickness or tiredness or lethargy or, or, or any other... Help me out. Malady? Yeah, Negativity. malady, let's say. So... What I'm loving, Katie, about being here with you already is, what I know about you, is you're always interested in how do you apply this to your family, to your friends, to the people you help on a daily basis, to, and so do I. So, <laughs> what was your question? Well, yeah, I guess, how do you produce results? Um, Oh, okay. You know, we never really introduced ourselves. <laughs> just Hi, you're Katie Burke. I'm Katie. And I'm David. And he's a doctor, but not the doctor that would, like, yeah. cure your rash or anything. Yeah. Well, you could cure your rash with the baby. He's the doctor of divinity. We should have done that in the beginning. Anyway, yeah, just how do you use it to produce results? And um... Sometimes I become aware that I'm producing results that I don't want. And that's sometimes the easiest way to start is to realize that a lot of my trouble actually is starting with the conversations I'm having in my head over and over and over and over again, close conversations. I had a teacher very early on. Actually, um, he didn't know he was my teacher. He thought he was my friend, but he was really my teacher. Um, Edward was his name. And Edward said, uh, David, at the end of the day, if you took all of your thoughts and you sorted them into piles, like you sort laundry, you know, you sort lights over here and darks over there. And um, if you sorted your thoughts into piles, one being a pile of constructive living, peacefulness, happiness, um, contentedness, let's say, and the other being misery, unhappiness, fear, worry, which pile's bigger? And that, that conversation helped me early on to realize that I might actually be participating in the very unhappiness that I was experiencing. Right. Because I'm dwelling on it. So would you say that um, the way you would produce results is through your thoughts? And when we say results, that includes negative results. So your thoughts and your consciousness are a part of God, right? They're a part of that collective consciousness that is the power. So if you are focusing on worry or you're focusing on anxiety or some negative thing, you will get the results that you're thinking of? Well, (laughs) this conversation (laughs) is, um, yes, I would say that with with certain provisos. There's like all kinds of caveats that I want to bring in here because um, you and I have the context, uh, the context, let's say, of community. So you and I have, um, we're not like islands on our own where some of our listeners might be completely, um, 
having the experience of isolation. And so the 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 word blame can come in. People can start blaming themselves, saying, "Oh, no, it's my fault." That I, I was these having things. these bad thoughts when yeah. this happened. So, um, what we just said, I would say, is true, and and there's a, a lot of uh, small print in there. Mostly, I would say that when I'm not consciously on purpose choosing how I'm going to deal with the situation. If I'm not consciously on purpose, um, pondering results that I want as opposed to worrying about results that I don't want, when I'm not on purpose doing those things, then then my thinking defaults to it, to the um, the law of averages, like to the mass group thinking. For example, if you look at the headlines, you can pretty much see what the group is thinking about anything. Right now, right now, the headlines mostly are about fear and worry. You should be very, very afraid. Do you think that's the group thinking or the media thinking? Well, whoever produced it is almost irrelevant to me. Um, most of the folks that I see in my social media feeds have bought it. So um, the fear industry is alive and well, and there is a fear industry. You should be very, very afraid. So, so being with people like you makes me really happy because um, you're up to something. You're up to... So I have a theory on this, but this is totally now going to a tangent. Of course. But I guess is that's that okay. Hap- is that what happens? In- Maybe we should rename this podcast Going Off Into Tangents because this <laughs> might not make any sense. We're both very, uh, I think we're both tangenty people, so this might be... <laughs> Tangential. Okay. Tangential. Well, the, the, I can't even say that word. Oh, recently I produced an image of my friend Kevin. And yeah. he's on a laptop in the middle of a beautiful snowy scene. Yeah. And it caused a little bit of controversy, Controversy, right? Like he's, in, he's emerged in social media or, or something, you know, in his computer and, and not noticing. He has headphones on too and he's not noticing like, oh my gosh, you're in this glorious, the mountains, yeah. the everything's yeah. around you and you're just oblivious to it all. Yeah. And some people had a real um, bad taste with it as I wanted them to because I wanted them to see themselves in it yeah but as I looked at the photo more I became aware of um, the allegory of caves uh, Plato's idea that we are seeing a shadow version of life yeah and then you go out of the cave and you realize that there is just this grandness of beauty all around you and what you thought was reality was actually a sliver of beauty that was reality, right? Yeah. And then the person that left the cave went back, tried to tell all the people, like, dude, it's super awesome out here. You're just seeing this shadow. Like, come on out. And they're all scared. They're all yeah. scared to, like, or, or even believe him. Right. Or her, whoever. Um, and so I thought about social media and media as the shadow, as the cave that we're seeing they want us to see this because it's salacious and people are drawn to all the negative parts of news. You know, you watch the news and, or even TV in general, you'll see a lot of drama, a lot of all about the bad stuff that's happening in the world. But when you actually walk out into the world, you don't see people shooting each other. You don't see people that are bad. I would say for me personally, almost 99% of the time, I'm amazed at how nice people are. Right. They, smile at me they open doors for me they talk to my children and so that's the real world and i'm thinking 
what we think we see on, on TV and on the internet is like a fake version and we're, we're believing it because we're seeing the shadow and that's what we're seeing and believing is the truth. But like we're not realizing if you just go outside and be mindful of what's really happening around you, that right. it's like actually amazing. Yeah, I concur with everything you just said. Yeah. So anyway. I was in a, uh, I don't know if it was a class or a course or a workshop where the facilitator said, get out of your head and get into your life. Your life is not happening in here. And he pointed to my noggin, my head. He said, your life is not happening in here, pointing to my head. He said, it's happening out here, like in your life. It's in your neighborhood. It's in your, in your traffic and in your supermarket. It's like right now, it's happening sitting across this table from you. This is where my life is. And that takes us back. The beauty of tangent is we'll go back to where we started. It, it takes me back to um, producing results. I, I can't keep thinking how a push-up works. i got to do the push-up. I can't right. keep thinking um, people should be kind. I have to be kind. I can't keep thinking that this, um, this situation before me that seems a real mess needs to be fixed. I have to participate in it. I actually have to get my hands in it, which takes us back to like Christian teaching. In there, it's very clearly written that um, faith without works is dead. So believing in God and believing in Jesus, but not acting godly or acting as Jesus would act is useless. It's just talk. So when you say not acting as if Jesus would act, now I'm thinking of our construct of God again as being a universal energy. Mm -hmm. And so do you think that though, by saying, doing the works and acting as Jesus, in my mind I'm saying, okay, act as if the universal oneness wants me to act. And there I struggle a little bit because Jesus to me has a definite, there's the Ten Commandments, there's like this way to be right. But the universal, you know, the force, let's say, going back to Star Wars, how do you know what's right? Um, my gut wants to say that nature provides the answer. There's a harmony to everything. When it's left alone to its own devices and you see purely how the energy works without our conscious minds inflicting any sort of bias on it, it flows. The rivers are healthy. The flowers bloom and then they die. You know, and to me that's the representation I feel of the universal oneness. And, and that to me is how you produce good works if you allow yourself to be open to that flow. Mm -hmm. But how do you, how do you, do you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Like, how do you put the, the idea of doing the works under the construct of this kind of big energy force of God? You know, they, um, there, was, there was a movement, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, where people were wearing the rubber wristbands, WWJD, what would Jesus do? And the truth is, Jesus is not here in person that I know, at least not in this building that I know of. Okay, real quick, ask. though, do you think I kind of look like Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> no, no joke. Like, I look at Jesus sometimes, and if I had, like, a little beard, I think I would look like... <laughs> Do you want me to answer that? Yeah. Of course. It, like I for real do look if, a little if, like Jesus. If Jesus was Northern European looking and... Well, yeah. Okay. And not from the Fertile Crescent. Wow. All right, um, we digress. Go forth. Where, where were we? I don't know. Um, oh, I, back to tangents. Um, thing, thing. Wait, wait, you had a good point and I messed you up. No, actually, no, no, I probably didn't have a point. You just saved the listeners from 
from more more rumbling. Um, every faith tradition that I have studied, which have been quite a few, I don't know a lot about any of them, but I know, I know a little about a lot of them. They all seem to have three things in common. Do you know that? I think I've heard it in a couple of your sermons, but I'll... So even, even, even those traditions that wouldn't be deity-based, but are more socially-based, let's say, even like, like Confucianism or Taoism, they all believe that there's, a, there's a, a power, there's one power or presence or principle that's common to all, and it's in and through everything. Two, they all believe that it seems to work according to like what you put out, you'll get back. As you sow, so will you reap. Uh, what you're dwelling upon, you become. They all have that, that you, you get back exactly what you put into it. And thirdly, they all have sort of an 11th commandment, a golden rule. Don't do anything to anyone else that you wouldn't have someone do to you. So when you ask, like, how will I know what would Jesus do? Or how will I know what would Buddha do? Or how will I know what would Gandhi do? Um, I follow those three things. Whatever I'm putting out, I'm going to get back. So... It's not a surprise that people are good to you in the world, Katie, because you're good to the world. It's like, I totally see people wanting to open the doors for you or say hi to your kids because you're the kind of person that people want to do that for because you are genuinely, um, a genuinely cheerful, joyful, present presence all the time. And that's probably, if I had an aim for today's message or in this conversation, would be to leave with a question. Um, how might I be today that I'm, I'm like inviting for other people? How can I be like an inviting presence mm. with others? How can I be um, a sweet presence to maybe make an impact in people's lives? How can, I, how can I add to people as opposed to take from them? How can I add to people as opposed to take from them? You know, sometimes we move through the world, we're, we're terrified we don't have enough and we're scared, so we're always trying to get. Therefore, we have a this tense panic. Right. It's kind of like eating a pizza with a large family. You're always wanting to really get that last piece because you're worried <laughs> it's going to go. <laughs> wow. You, you, you sort of hit right at the root of it, right? Uh, yeah, David's also one of ten kids. I'm one of ten. Ten kids. So I like. I think we should end there with that question. Which is, how can I add to people's lives today? How can yes. I be a contribution to people? How can I make a contribution to my mate, my family, my neighborhood, um, whoever I'm at, uh, in line with at Trader Joe's? How can I make a contribution? How can I make a contribution? I like it. I do too. All right. We'll end there. <laughs> I love this. This is a good first podcast, we think. Sorry if it was a little scattered. but I'm uh, not sorry at all because we might as well let people see what they're going to uh, get. Yeah, this is what you're going to get. So don't, don't uh, think you're going to get improvement next podcast. Next time we should talk about the sweater. Oh, the sweater. Actually, I wore the grateful sweater. Yeah, we will. We'll talk about the sweater. We'll also talk about roots. We need to talk about evil, the devil. Okay. I love the devil. So we'll talk about about the devil. (laughs) That's a nice way to end this. Yeah, okay. Well, on that note, I never know how to end things. Same with like a machine that you talk to when you leave a message. You just Mm -hmm. don't know. Bye. We'll say bye. Bye Bye-bye.